Hi all, welcome to another bonus episode of the Leading Safely podcast. Today, we're chatting with the lovely Alana Ball, founder of Women in Safety. Alana is a true leader of people, equality and change. She's a passionate and well-recognised leader in health and safety for the way she is actively empowering thousands of professionals and driving rapid change for women to bring their best selves to work. Alana works with health and safety professionals, as well as organisations, to come to human-centred outcomes and says she now understands what it's like to love what you do. As a working mum to three little humans, she brings realistic, values-driven conversations to life. Hi Alana, thanks for taking time out of your super busy day to chat with me and I'm looking forward to hearing about the Women in Safety Awards you're currently running. Um, As you know, I've been asking my special guests three general questions because I'm just a little bit curious when it comes to things like inventing magical solutions. Um, So let's get into those juicy questions. So my first question to you is, what do you think makes an effective leader when it comes to health and safety? Well, firstly, thanks, Georgina, for having me on. I think you're doing some wonderful things with these conversations. Uh, An effective leader, I am a huge believer of emotional intelligence. I think the more that, you know, we've got that ability to perceive, use, understand and manage emotions in any situation uh, is so important to that success of a team, success of an individual. I think it helps us understand where the workforce are at and what their needs are. And I think it also helps us read the room. I've seen many leaders lack that emotional intelligence and they've absolutely cut off a conversation because they have not read the room. If that emotional intelligence is present, I feel like we have more open and honest conversations. We understand the emotional, we're humans. We have emotions. (laughs) I have big emotions. People around me have big emotions and some don't, like my husband. But I think it is that ability to really read the room, read our people, have genuine connection. That makes an effective leader, not promotion because of competence. Uh, amen to that one, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree that, yeah, yeah. If, if we <laughs> continue to promote because of competence, we just have really inefficient leaders that are not people-centric. And particularly in health and safety, we need people-centric leaders. And I think the other thing um, in regards to the people-centred is uh, not just competence, but confidence. Um, mm. I found sometimes people get promoted because they're confident, mm. but may not necessarily have the competence or the emotional intelligence like you were talking about as Squeaky well. Squeaky wheels, so, right? Yes, this is yep. it. <laughs> awesome. So what about what would be your words of wisdom for someone dealing with people who don't want to change when it comes to health and safety? And I'm sure you've experienced this at some point. Oh, plenty of them. <laughs> plenty of them. And dare I say, if my brother listens to this, he's been one of them. For me, it's about breaking down the problem. I think we continue to face this wall when it comes to health and safety, when we haven't really defined what the problem even is that we're trying to communicate. And I think as professionals, we need to take that step back and go, who is the audience that this message is for? What are they concerned about? We get so caught up, I think, in trying to sell a message And sometimes it's a one message fits all approach. And for particular work groups, workforces, you know, makeup of whoever that message is going to, let's stop trying to sell the message. And again, where the emotional intelligence piece comes in, what message is it that we need to get across? 
how might that message be perceived and received? Is there opportunities in alignment from what the people on the ground or the people that we're trying to get this message across to? Uh, what is our message? Is there anything that we can leverage somewhere in between? And I think lastly, finding those advocates for change. I think we've all experienced where you know, the, the hardest person on site or in the workforce, once you get them on board with your message, they can be the biggest advocates. So I think it is just pausing for a second and rather than getting frustrated at, at that, not that they don't want to change and even going into it with that language of they don't want to change and going with more of a where is an opportunity for alignment, I think we'll have far more success than they don't they don't want to change they're you know they're not changing and all of a sudden we just continue to butt heads and i think the sooner that we start going well where are opportunities to align and what is that message we can overcome some of that quicker interesting take on things so finally if you could invent something to solve a health and safety issue in the workplace where expenditure opinions and all of that didn't matter what would it be and why now i had to think about this my first solution <laughs> was a a dipstick that measured common sense but i thought no that's that's not quite that's not quite quite right because imagine if we had that but i decided it should be like a risk monitor so like a thermometer because my view is everyone knows risk you know i watch i've got one-year-old twins at the moment and i watch them learning risk behaviors it's hot don't touch it don't climb on that it's unsafe toddler don't go out in front of the cars we know risk yet when we put someone in an organization we kind of cattle dip them with here's our risk assessment go and assess the risk and you're going to have people in the workforce that are completely risk averse and then you've got people that jump out of perfectly good planes for fun so we've got such a range of risk behavior innate in our people that if we had a risk monitor, we start to have more genuine conversations around what that risk looks like for individuals. What are the controls that help that individual overcome this risk or be more prepared for this risk? Because I think, I I do believe somewhere along the line, we're kind of doing a cattle dip approach when it comes to risk, yet as individuals, we perceive risk so, so, so varied. So look, I haven't thought much in depth about what my risk monitor would really measure, but I feel there's a link between, you know, and it comes down to the rule breaker and the rule taker. We have such a range of people in that risk approach. How do we measure it? Or how do we have a conversation that appreciates the uniqueness of risk taking behavior? That would definitely be an interesting, I don't know, item to have on site, that's for sure. Well, I I was like, I I didn't want to give you something generic. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to imagine what it would look like, like an actual thermometer on the wall, perhaps in the back of a pre-shift room, and it's got, you know, like little sections coloured in for today our respometers. No, no, it'd be like a like a temperature scanner that you scan like the baby's oh, head. Oh, you mean, of yeah. course, we're being how much of a risk taker? Say. Yeah, how much of a risk? Yeah, we're not doing painting. How much of a risk taker are you? I'd want to know that. And it's like, okay, if we if we appreciate that we've got 10% of the workforce want to take some really high risks, then we have more conversations around what risk looks like to them. 
That would definitely be an interesting one day idea. One day, you've got many good things on the on the agenda at the moment, <laughs> including what you wanted to talk about today, which was obviously the the lovely and fantastic Women in Safety Awards. Um, do you want to give the listeners here you know, an overview and tell us all about that? Of course, uh, it is my absolute pride and joy to have announced the first ever Women in Safety Awards. So they're currently open for the nomination in the Professional of the Year, Leader of the Year, Mentor of the Year and Student of the Year. Uh, really seeing some of the incredible nominations come through is so heartwarming. There's some really incredible women doing some really incredible things like yourself. Uh, we will be announcing winners. So we're having our Women in Safety Virtual Summit which we will start announcing speakers uh, shortly on the 5th of October, so during Safe Work Month. So if anyone is looking to nominate a colleague, a leader, a mentor working in safety, head to womeninsafety.net slash awards to nominate yourself or someone you know. So there you have it. If you know a woman in health and safety who's made a difference for you, get your nominations in now. Well, that brings us to the close of another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe.